We've been trying to remember. And I don't know about you, but sometimes my rememberer works better than at other times, which is really a polite way of saying sometimes it doesn't work. And I don't know about you, but I find that there are things I remember that don't matter or that I wish I didn't remember and things that I'd like to remember that I don't. Like which aisle did I park in before I went into the store? We can remember in detail sometimes events from our childhood and we can't remember what we got sent to the store to get. So I just buy what looks good. <clears throat> Marriage counseling, yes. But one of the beautiful things of the Christmas story is remembering who's involved, the characters. The first week we took a look at Mary, the primary characters. We looked last week at Joseph. And for both of them, looked at the courage it took for them to do what they were asked to do in what we call the Christmas story. Well, this morning we're looking at my favorite characters of the Christmas story, the shepherds. I absolutely love the shepherds. I don't know if it has anything to do with the fact that my grandparents on both sides were farmers and aunts and uncles were farmers. I don't know if it has anything to do with that. I think it has more to do with the fact of who the shepherds were. Because we think of shepherds because Jesus said he was the good shepherd. We often think of it in just a, this wonderful, wise, revered way. But at the time of the Christmas story, shepherds <laughs> were not revered at all. They were the low people on the totem pole. In fact, they could not give legal testimony in a court of law. And if they were called to be a witness, you didn't have to believe anything they said. So, how would you like to be a shepherd? Plus, the scripture tells us that they were living with their sheep. I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but sheep stink. Which means if the shepherds are living with the sheep, that would mean shepherds stink. I mean, you, didn't, you don't want to be standing behind them in the grocery store line. They were not revered, and it's part of why they stayed out in the fields. Because they knew everyone looked down on them, and yet everybody depended on them. In fact, there's a really good chance that the shepherds in this scripture were the ones who were taking care of the flock of sheep for the temple. How important was that? And yet, they were looked down on. Now, this passage of scripture is such a cool passage. And I asked a friend to help me this morning, and he's going to, Share this scripture with you. So listen as Roger reads this scripture. 
chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy to all the people. Today in a town of David, a Savior will be born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared, and the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them, they had gone to heaven. The shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who were lying in the manger. When they had seen them, they spread the word concerning what the child had said, or what the, I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, what had been told to them by the ch about the child. And all the, them heard and were amazed in what the shepherds said. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Just as they had been told. That's a common phrase in Scripture. When the Lord would give a message and then it would get followed up and confirmed just as they had been told. He is worthy, as we just sang. He's trustworthy. Now, the shepherds probably could have identified with the philosophical musings of Jack Handy. In fact, if they were going to tell about the Christmas story, they might have said something like this. I know I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. But doggone it, Jesus still loves me. It's true for all of us. We're not smart enough. We're not good enough. But Jesus still loves you. Of all the people who could have gotten the first announcement after Mary and Joseph that Jesus had been born, you would have thought maybe it was the king's or the priests, or some other town officials. Instead, God chose to make this grand announcement. The first people to hear were the shepherds, the lowly, often forgotten, sometimes not believed, smelly shepherds. Now, let me just call time out for a second. Does anybody else, sometimes when you're hearing some of this stuff of the Bible and the good news and Scripture, not just in the Christmas story, but all of it, you kind of go, why did he choose them? I mean, look at all the disciples, and he chose Peter, and he chose Thomas, 
who doubted everything? Peter who kept saying the wrong thing out loud? And then he chose the shepherds. He chose a teenager who wasn't married yet, Mary, who was engaged, legally bound before marriage to Joseph, we believe to be a carpenter. But he's also chosen you and me. And let's be honest, everybody around us looks at us and goes, really? Oh, trust me. When I was in high school, if all the youth sponsors and adults in the church that I was in at that point would have had to take a vote and said, of all the teens in this church, who's most likely to become a pastor? I would have finished dead last. And yet, God chose me. And he's chosen you for this good news of great joy. This good news that can be celebrated whether it's by children with bells, whether it's by people dressed up in ugly Christmas sweaters sharing carols. Whatever it is, he has chosen all of us. But we have to accept it. So, the story, and thank you, Roger, for reading that. The story of the shepherds is amazing. Let me just give you a brief synopsis. This is a profile in courage, just like Mary and Joseph were profiles in courage. And the first thing I want you to notice is that the shepherds were already serving right where they were, right where they lived. This was already their job, and they were already serving God. History tells us that shepherds were often enamored with angels, that shepherds shared stories and studied and were always watching for the angels. So imagine that night. They literally got a whole army of angels. Because that scripture that he read, when it says, you know, an angel appeared, and then it says a heavenly host, a more literal translation is, a heavenly army of angels showed up because they couldn't help it because this news is so good. But the shepherds were doing their thing. They were raising sheep to be used in sacrifices at the temple. They were providing meat and material for clothing for people all around them, even though everybody looked down on them. They were very busy, but they were still watching. Are you watching what's going on around you? Sometimes I think we get too busy to watch and listen. Because they not only saw, they heard. The shepherds were already serving obediently where they were. And then when the angel gave them the news, they obeyed again. It's an impressive theme throughout the whole Christmas story. Mary, may it be to me as you've said. Joseph got up and did what they said. The shepherds hurried off to do this. The wise men traveled for a couple of years to get to Jesus. 
all obediently serving. The shepherds were serving right where they were. So you don't have to be in a magical place. You don't have to cross a body of water. You don't have to go to some other country or even some other county or some other state, though you might want to to buy gas. But God has something for you right where you are. We have a tendency to look at other positions and think, ah, great. It was interesting this week. Is uh, employed in our general church, which is a, we're a large denomination, and they have one of these top positions. And he has just resigned his position to go back to being a pastor. And I loved how a friend of his put it. He said, congratulations on your promotion. Because the greatest place to serve is among whoever we're with. The greatest place to serve is in the trenches with people, right where you already are. See, we've all been called to be ministers of Jesus Christ some of us uniquely disguised as factory workers, retirees, farmers, teachers, pastors, and the list goes on. The shepherds were already serving, and because of that, God knew he could call them to something a little further. Maybe if you've been waiting for the big call, it hasn't come because God's waiting for you to do the little one where you are right now. They were serving where they were. Secondly, they obeyed immediately. The translation that Roger read from said that they hurried off. Some translations say they went quickly. The English Standard Version says that they made haste. In other words, they, they booked it to go check out Jesus. And I love how the scripture says it, that after the angels left, uh, in verse 16, 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, quickly, hurriedly. They booked it, double time. How quick are you? to check out what God's showing you. Now I realize personality comes into it and some of you are just a little more cautious by nature. Some of you, if it's not already in your routine or not sure about things, then there are some of us who when somebody says, we've never done it that way before, go, cool, let's try it. Neither one of them is right or wrong and both of them can get you in trouble. But when we know what God wants, why not do it right away? Just like Mary did, just like Joseph did, just like the shepherds did. When we know what he desires to obey immediately, they went with haste. Now understand, they were afraid. We read that in the beginning of the scripture. An angel of the Lord, verse 9, appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. One translation says they were terrified. 
even though this group was probably watching the skies every night in case they caught a glimpse of an angel. They went from fear to faith. They went quickly. I don't always go that quick, unfortunately. Once they knew what they should do, they acted on their faith. They took that next right step. They didn't know what was going to happen when they went into Bethlehem. First of all, they might not have been welcome. Plus, they're about to burst in on a mom who just delivered her first kid and laid him in a feeding trough for animals. Now, how many of you moms out there wanted a whole bunch of people as soon as you gave birth? You didn't even want your relatives right away, right? Let alone a bunch of stinky, unknown shepherds showing up. It's kind of, kind of like my, my favorite Christmas song ever is The Little Drummer Boy. I just absolutely love that song. Fell in love with it as kids, still love it. My mom said I fell in love with it because it was noisy. But I remember reading something where somebody said, oh yeah, that song. That's what every mom of a newborn wants is some kid coming along banging a drum while they're trying to get the baby to go to sleep. Well, it's kind of what happened with the shepherds showing up. That's what every mom of a newborn wants. A bunch of stinky, unknown shepherds coming in and going, ooh. Even though they faced all those possibilities, they went quickly, they overcame their fear, and they acted on their faith. What are we waiting on? If it's something we know God wants. I also love this. They not only were serving where they were, obeying immediately, they shared the news, the good news. I mean, verses 17 through 20, it says, And when they saw it, that's the baby, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. They shared the good news. All right, let me call time out again. Did you notice that line in there? It's not part of the message, but I'll throw this in for free. Um, where it says that Mary treasured these things. Really? Stinky shepherds you don't know coming in? And you treasured it? How impressive is that? But Mary, like the shepherds, recognized this is a divine moment. How many times do we miss divine moments? Because it didn't fit what we planned. They shared the good news. In fact, they were generous with the news. It says, basically, they told everybody they saw. And this is the people who nobody's supposed to believe. This is the people people shunned. 
and they didn't care. I love it. It's kind of like, you can shun me if you want, but man, you got to hear about this. I mean, aren't you attracted to somebody going, wait till you hear this? I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm always hooked as soon as I hear that. Now, I'm a little less hooked when somebody says, let me show you something. That can, that can be a little dangerous. But you've got to hear this. Wait till I tell you this. The good news, they were generous with it all the way back to where they lived and worked. They went back. They didn't just stay at the stable to worship Jesus there. They took what they saw, what they had heard, what they had learned, and went back where they lived. Are you taking the good news where you work, where you live, where you go to school, where you shop? What a great example the shepherds were of this. Generous with the news. They shared far beyond their comfort zone. I love. How many times have you made the excuse? Well, that's not really in my comfort zone. Roger, was this in your comfort zone? Nope. Can I tell you something? This is not really in my comfort zone. But it's what I know I'm supposed to do. If we only serve in our comfort zone, nobody else will ever hear. And we've been called, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, to make disciples by sharing the good news. The plan was laid out for us in Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, that we're to go where we are and then a little further and then further out and then to the whole world. That can't happen if we all stay in our comfort zones. The shepherds gave us that example and last. I love this. The shepherds kept on rejoicing and sharing after they got home. Look at that in verse 20. The shepherds returned, that's back to the fields, back to the smelly sheep. They returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Jody was telling me about devotional. Some of you were in on that devotional and one of the things this week about the shepherds talked about, here are the angels who had their song, glory to God in the highest. And then this passage wraps up with the shepherds joining that song. I don't know, maybe there were some good voices in those shepherds. I guarantee you there's some that weren't. I love that we're told in the Psalms to make a joyful noise. Noise. Joyful. We're going to be blessed at Christmas this year to have 15 of our 19 crew all in our house for four days together. No, seriously, it's a blessing. 
and they'll range from age four to none of your business. <laughs> it's going to be loud. And I can't wait. Oh, I'll confess that after everybody leaves, there'll be a moment of, I mean, I'll tell you a secret that grandparents don't normally share. Their two favorite lights at Christmas are the headlights of the grandkids coming and the taillights of the grandkids leaving. Busted. The shepherds went back to the field, to the sheep. They didn't abandon what they were already doing. They took that good news and they just kept rejoicing out in the field with the sheep. How much are you rejoicing in your everyday stuff at home, with your family, at work, at school, at church, in Walmart, driving in traffic? By the way, we don't really have traffic in Sterling. We've gotten so used to it, we think it is, but I'm going to make eight trips to O'Hare in the next three weeks. That's traffic. I'm going to try to rejoice. <laughs> it's made it a little easier for the purpose that I'm going. But how much are you rejoicing right where you are? They echoed the angel's song. In fact, rejoicing and echoing that song became part of their everyday routine. How different would your little world be if rejoicing with the good news became part of your everyday? Well, you don't have to burst out in song, although that'd be fun. I mean, there was a movie a few years ago that said the best way to spread Christmas cheer is to sing loud for all to hear. Google it when you get home. How much are we praising and rejoicing with the good news right where we are? Is the good news part of your every day? Are you still rejoicing? Will you still be rejoicing on December 26th? And January 2nd? This is good news for all men, for all time, in all places. Not just at church, not just at Christmas, not just in our comfort zone. It is good news worth rejoicing always. Let me ask you the one that rocked me. Are you being obedient immediately? Or eventually? Oh, both are good. But one's a lot better. And how are you doing right where you are? Are you actually serving right where you are at your address? At the place you work, where you shop, in your neighborhood, in your school hallways? We've been called to serve where we are. Until God takes us somewhere else. This is 
good news, but we have to accept it for ourselves. What are you going to do with the good news? As we close, I'm just going to ask before I pray, if you just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. The kids sang, or I mean played the bells with gusto and joy. Some of them more serious about it than others to make sure they got it exactly right. Others were just wringing the tar out of those things. But it was all because it's good news and joy. What are you doing with this joy? And if this morning, maybe it just hit you in a fresh way that you haven't actually accepted this joy, you haven't embraced it for yourself, this will be a great time to start. And if you're here this morning and you need to start that, why not now? And if this is the day for you to embrace that joy, to accept it for yourself, would you just raise your hand and let me know? Because I'm praying for you. Thank you. Just raise your hand and thank you. Just raise it and hold it there for a little while. Thank you. Thank you. Hands down. I also wonder if there's some of you who go, well, yeah, I did that a long time ago. But you've also recognized you're not using it where you are. You keep waiting for the right time and the right place to share it and use it. And this morning, you want to commit to saying, I'm going to share this good news in whatever way I can, right where I am. If that's your commitment this morning, would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, count me in. I'm in on this. We're just going to start sharing. Oh, thank you, many, many of you. Jesus, thank you for your good news of great joy. And Lord, maybe the most important part of that is that it is for all people. That includes all of us. That includes those of us who have a different aroma and those of us who think we're squeaky clean. It's for all of us. And Lord, help us to recognize that as we see people this week. That this good news is for everyone that we meet. So Father, I just pray in this moment for those who made a decision this morning to say, yep, I accept this joy personally for me. And for those who said, I'm going to start sharing better. I'm going to start sharing more, sharing more enthusiastically, whatever it may be. Lord, may you give them courage to act on it even beyond this moment in this building. May all of us take it home and to work and to school, the community and the stores, to our neighbors, wherever we are. Lord, thank you for the beauty of the message of Christmas that this good news is for all. May we go from here showing that to everyone we meet. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.